How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yes, indeed. I am joined this morning by Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota and the Landscape Arboretum. I thought yeah. I'd throw that in, too. Julie, Excellent. good morning. Hey, good morning, Denny. How are you? I am doing quite well. It's kind of a fresh morning, as I've said before. We have uh, officially <laughs> 40, 46 degrees <laughs> in the Twin Cities. Say, I have to tell you, you were on that. I know it's a lower medium, but you were on television. <laughs> you know, I'm just joking. I wondered how you were going to say you know, that. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm just joking. I but, know. But uh, saw you on uh, Channel 4. Yeah, yeah. That was the other day. We were in the Hostaglade uh, with Shayla Reeves from Channel 4. Very, just a wonderful person. And, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, hostas and what people could do right now. And I shared with people my favorite weeding hand tool, the Korean I saw hand that. Bow. <laughs> what was that called again? A Korean hand hoe. Is that and easily found? I mean, can that, do yeah. people buy that? Yeah, you can order that. I ordered mine online. I ordered them for all my gardening friends for Christmas one year. And uh, one of the neat things about it, it looks wicked. Yeah. But, uh, but it also is ergonomically weighted. So you can really, you can kind of give it a little swing as you're, as you're working. So it's easier on your hand. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty impressive tool when it gets going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that that uh, piqued my curiosity for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, doggone it, you look good on that uh, that well, TV, thanks. and uh, that's why they say, uh, Denny, you have a face for radio. <laughs> hey, Actually, hey, 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 that's my friend. Now you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. All right. uh, if you have any kind of lawn or garden question for Julie, by all means, call it in or text it in. Uh, it is the same number six five one four six one nine two two six again. Six five one four six one nine two two six, and as Julie knows, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get really busy. So we we would uh, rather you send your uh, question either by phone or text early rather than later when uh, we're usually running out of time. So uh, do that now. Here I'm looking at the 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 uh, forecast, and as, as I said, forty six degrees now. Let me just double check something, Julie. If tonight. Tonight's low around 40. Now, is that going to be an issue for uh, anything that's uh, growing out there? Well, if you've planted anything, there's not a lot to do at this point. Uh, it, it, it's one of, it, we have to remember that as the plants have been coming up, they've been acclimating to our temperatures. So especially our early spring flowers, our trees, um, unless we got hit with a frost, which would be 
in the 30s, um, we're, we're not really going to see much damage on plants. So if, if you're putting plants out uh, right now, like today, you might want to think about waiting a couple days if you're moving them from out, indoors out and just give them, uh, you know, give just wait a few more days until this temperatures kind of rise up a little bit more. We want to be in around the 50s in the nighttime temperatures before we move our house plants out. But if you've already planted tomatoes, there's not a lot you can do. Um, there is a, a, a product. I have one. It's called a wall of water. It's kind of like a like a tiny uh, floaty for the, for the water that's shaped like a cone. It has channels that you fill with water, and you can put it around tender plants like tomatoes and peppers if they're not too large. And that water holds heat, and that water will uh, transfer that heat and keep that plant a little bit warmer on these chillier nights. So it's called the wall of water. Um, so that's one idea. You can do that. You can also put a floating row cover over your plants as well. So that's another option, too. That will keep any extra chilly temperatures. It will kind of insulate the plants a little bit. But I would think, especially with you and your colleagues uh, telling us about, uh, what do we call our, our grasses, our cold, cool, cool weather? Cool season grasses. Cool yeah. season grasses. Our lawns must love this cool temperature. Yeah, this is, this is great for lawns. And if you've planted seeds, you know, some of the cool crop seeds, you know, the cabbages, um, broccoli, things like that. Those will, those are doing great too. So this will all get by, you know, we're Minnesota gardeners. We're tough. Absolutely. We're used to these fluctuations. (laughs) So I feel uh, sorry for people up North because you guys have had a chance of snow and frost and oh my words. Absolutely. Sorry for my Northern gardening friends. For sure. I tell you what, let's uh, talk to some of our gardeners uh, via phone this Sounds time. Good. I think Rick is on the phone calling in from Buffalo uh, this morning, first up here. Uh, Rick, thank you. What's your question for Julie? Um, the question I have is, <clears throat> excuse me, I was trying to find out if there's any uh, either annuals or perennials that uh, flower throughout the summer where you don't have to deadhead all the time, uh, some low-maintenance type flowers that give some color to the landscape. Yeah, that boy, that's an excellent question. We have um, most annuals require deadheading on a fairly regular basis, uh, just because they finish their la- they finish their life cycle within the growing season. So they they're planted in the spring and they're you know they die by fall, and so they're quickly blooming and setting seed. And so deadheading helps to, of course, they look better but then also to uh, would help to propagate the plant further if you're collecting seed. So thinking about, let's see, thinking about annuals, I, I would actually challenge the listeners. Maybe some listeners have a good option. seed. So thinking about, let's see, thinking about annuals, I, I would actually challenge the listeners. Maybe some listeners have a good option. Um, there are some that just, you know, keep reblooming. One that comes to mind for me is calendula or pot marigold. That is a tremendous annual. It's a great pollinator plant. It's an edible flower. It's bright orange, bright gold. Uh, you, you can deadhead it, but you don't have to. The seed pods will form, but it will keep blooming. And it blooms into the cooler weather of fall, which is important for us from a landscape standpoint to have that color, but also for late season pollinators. So that's there's there's one idea, but I wonder if any of the listeners have some suggestions too. 
I just see a text that says, impatience do not require deadheading. Okay. So there's one. And those are for shade. So that's okay. helpful. There's not a lot of annuals for shade, but that's one for shade. Great. All right. Well, we'll see if, as we yeah. go through the morning uh, yeah, what happens. we'll see what we can find out for you. Let's grab a call. I know we have to break here momentarily, but Bob is calling in from Minnetonka this morning, I believe. Let's uh, hear what Bob has to say. Bob, what's your question, please? Uh, I have actually two of them, but one is one that I had called a while, oh, a couple of years ago. Um, we have magnolia bushes, and we get bees around it. And I remember it was you or somebody on it said there's a spray you can use to uh, get rid of that, you know, so the bees don't uh, get that sap and everything. You, can you tell me what that is? Boy, I don't hmm. know that, I don't one, Bob. That. I apologize. I don't know what that spray is. Um, yeah, that would be a question maybe at a garden center. We have a lot of good garden centers with a lot of great professionals there. Um, you could also put that question on Ask Extension, and maybe there's a master gardener who knows, one of our volunteers. I don't know what that is. I thought you would ask about magnolia scale. <laughs> Maybe that's I don't know what it is. It's a it's a sap or something that the bees get attracted to, and they're all around it. And I I don't remember. It started with a T, I think, or something, some chemical. Oh, I don't know. That's a great hmm. question. I'm gonna put that on my list. To look, try to find that one. And somebody. Now, what but, was your but, second question? Yeah. What can you use to get rid of uh, the rabbits? My God, we're getting hundreds oh, yeah. of them now. So uh, with rabbits, certainly one of the things is fencing. That's great. If uh, And that's particularly useful, like, under your deck. If you have a deck area and there's a little crawl space uh, for rabbits, they like to kind of hang out under there. Um, certainly around tender plants. I have found uh, blood meal works for as a repellent as well as a, uh, a, a fertilizer. It's a nitrogen fertilizer for plants. So putting that, sprinkling that around... Uh, the plants that they're after will not only add nutrients but also acts as a repellent. It works for deer too. We had uh, we tried it on an annual trial, annual flower tri- flower trial, and it was in an area that was in a we were in an open field, but we were surrounded by woodlands and a river, and we found it worked really really well. So uh, that would be something you could sprinkle around. It's organic. Um, you can order it online, and you can also find it at your garden center. All right. Julie, we need to take a quick break here, and uh, we have a lot of uh, texters and callers coming in on our Smart Garden Show. Here is our phone number again. It's also our text number, 651-461-9226. On News Talk 830 WCCO, it's 46 degrees now. And as Julie says, we have a lot of good garden centers around these parts, one of which has been around since 1958, and that's Malmberg's Garden Center. You've heard of it. You've been there too many a times. Two locations, as a matter of fact, and we thank them for joining this show. Blaine and Rogers, that's where you can find Malmberg's Garden Center. Thousands of plants locally grown right there in their greenhouses. If you're in the market for trees, maybe some shrubs, whether it be annuals or perennials. And I'll tell you another thing, gardening supplies is what you'll find there as well at Malmberg's Garden Center. And if you want some other questions answered, expert advice in gardening. In fact, those folks at Malmberg's Garden Center are great at helping new gardeners get started. 
Uh, how do you find them? Well, I'll tell you what. Let me give you a website, malmbergsinc.com, malmbergsinc.com, malmbergsinc.com. But check them out. As I said, Malmberg's Garden Center have been around these parts since 1958. You're going to love spending some time either at the Blaine or Rogers locations. Malmberg's Garden Center. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Julie Weisenhauer from the U of M is answering your lawn and garden questions. And Julie, of which there are many (laughs) phone callers and texters as well, getting a lot of uh, input. Now, we've got a bunch of uh, text messages that folks want you to repeat that name of that tool, that hand tool again. (laughs) The Korean uh, hand hoe. Korean hand hoe, and yep. you can find it online for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's in any of the uh, garden centers. I purchased mine online from a company called Kinsman Company. Okay. K-I-N-S-M-A-N. Uh, I purchased it a long time ago, but I'm sure that you can find it still online. It's a we'll uh, cool we'll mention tool. that before you leave us today because we'll get <laughs> we'll get more questions. Uh, I tell you what, I want to grab just uh, this uh, text that came in earlier this morning. Uh, can jade plants be put outside? Thank you. They can. Uh, just be sure that they are draining well because you don't want to have a succulent like that that has a you know no hole in the bottom. You want uh, to ensure that when it rains that the water is leaving, excess water is leaving the pot. And then also as you move these plants outside, put them in the shade first in kind of a protected area so that they're not getting whipped around by the wind or um, don't put them directly into the sunlight. They'll, they could potentially get sunburn. So they just need to acclimate. Just put them in the shade, a protected spot. You know, After a few days, move them in a little bit more sun, maybe some dappled shade and a little bit more sun, and just kind of work them in. It's kind of like uh, think about getting into a cold lake the first part. You know, for your first swim of the season, kind of put your foot in, then you put your knees in. And you go up to your mid thigh, and then finally you take the plunge. So that's kind of what our plants need. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. I'm not going to that be analogy? Doing that. <laughs> it works. <laughs> let's grab a phone call uh, from. Uh, let's see. Karen is calling in this morning from Edina. I do believe. Karen, thank you. What's your question for Julie? Hi. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm a member of the Arboretum, and we are we've got tickets to go out tomorrow. Ooh. And, of course, it's not the weather that we expected. <laughs> but I just want to know, have we already missed the tulips, or what's going on out there? So, Karen, man, I, I'll, I'll pay you later, but um, there is a great web page that you can go to called Garden Highlights on the Landscape Arboretum website. So thank you for uh, prompting me to be able to talk about this. It uh, Right now it shows featured plants from May 10th through May 16th. So um, the tulips, let's see, I was out yesterday because I work out there. The tulips were still in bloom. You know, some of them bloom at a little bit different times. So while maybe some have gotten a little ragged from the weather, but boy, there are still plenty of tulip action going on at the uh, Arboretum, you will not be disappointed. But I would also encourage you to look at the uh, crabapple collection. That is in full glory right now. 
and the lilac collection. You know, as you come into the Arboretum through the gate, on your right-hand side as you head toward the Oswald Visitor Center is the lilac collection. And there's lilacs sprinkled throughout the Arboretum. But, boy, that walk into that lilac collection and just take a big, deep smell because it is glorious. It's fantastic. There's also a lot of wildflowers that are blooming in the wildflower garden. So we've got trillium and mayflower and uh, uh, summer snowflake and all sorts of different uh, wildflowers blooming, Virginia bluebells. Lady slippers, I don't think they are blooming quite yet, but they will be blooming probably in a week or so. So tons of other great plants to see too. So I think you will be very pleased with your visit. Very good. Uh, I am in need, the texture says, of a cell phone app to help identify my existing plants. Now, we could, th- this uh, listener can uh, check out the university's website, right? Yeah, they can certainly go to our website. We have a, a plant database that's called Plant Elements of Design. It's in our landscape design section of the Yard and Garden page on Extension. So that's extension.umn.edu. You can go to the Yard and Garden section. It's in landscaping, and it will. Um, it, it's not an identifier. I'll say that, but you can look at pictures of upwards to twenty eight hundred different plants that are pretty common in Minnesota landscapes. I am not. We had a discussion about apps at work yesterday, and I am not a super fan of the apps. I think they're a little bit helpful, but they are. Um, they're they're not always specific enough. And that's the problem is sometimes you get uh, an app that the pictures don't quite match. So you really have to be careful while you're using them. Um, There is one that I did load called Blossom. And I'm not sure exactly where the resource comes from. I'm still trying to figure that out. I have a feeling there's a collaboration with one of the other universities in the United States. But I'm not really sure. But it seems to be pretty good. Um, it is a for fee app and, um, but that's, there's other ones called like plant snap and leaf. Um, I don't really use them very much. And, and most of us in the discussion, were kind of like, eh, it's kind of, you know, touch and go, whether you get really the good information. If people have a great app and they want to put it out on a text for us today, uh, that would be great. Wonderful. Okay. Along with those annuals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a few of those too. Good. Well, we'll do that after the break, Julie. Okay. We'll uh, take a break and have a look at that forecast, see if we're going to get a warm-up or not. Callers on the line, stay there, and texters will uh, pick up on your questions as well here on a Saturday morning on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions this morning. And, uh, Julie, we have, uh, again, uh, callers and texters. I always like to bring up, like a caller did earlier, uh, the Arboretum. For those maybe mm-hmm. just joining us and have maybe never been to the Arboretum, are they in for a treat? Yeah. What a treat. Yep, it's beautiful right now. There's so many things blooming. They have the Garden Highlights webpage. If you go to ARB, A-R-B, 
www.umn.edu, and you can find the garden highlights. There's also a lot of classes going on, uh, always classes, always education. Uh, beautiful time to visit, just a refreshing uh, time, fabulous to the soul, um, really lovely. Um, it's busy. You do need reservations. Um, if you're a member, it doesn't cost anything for reservation. But uh, if you're not a member, uh, I tell you what, two visits and you'll want to be a member. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's fabulous. Yeah. Great cafe. Um, we have a new chef that's really worked up some delicious new menu items. And, uh, and the gift shop is an amazing place to shop. Spent a lot of time there for sure. All right. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's get back to the phones and text messages, Julie. I think Pat in Carver maybe is still uh, hanging on the horn there. Pat, thank you for waiting. What's your question for Julie? Big morning. Great show. Best show on, on the air. Oh, hey, I have you. a rhubarb question. Excellent. I have a rhubarb question. So I put in some new rhubarb bare root last year. It, it came up, and then this year it's like a foot tall. I know I can't pull any for a few years, but... It's starting to have that thing where it goes to seed. Do I let that go or do I pluck it off? You can just cut that off. It's bolting. Uh, it's, uh, the variety is one that probably flowers sooner than others. And so, yeah, just cut it off as far down as you can go. Okay. Let's grab another call while we're uh, on the phone here. Ellen's calling in this morning from Outing, Minnesota, I do believe. Ellen, thank you for waiting. What is your question? Uh, first, I want to say thanks for the show. I've learned a lot and enjoyed it over many years. Thank you. Um, I, a few years back, I moved to northern Minnesota, and the owner had a very nice raised, small raised, um, not real high, but a little uh, garden plot. And she and the neighbor always planted tomatoes year after year after year. <laughs> well, okay. when I came in, I've kind of been moving into other vegetables also, but we had blight come through this area last year, like last two years, actually, like nobody's business. So I did some research. I've ordered some grow bags, and okay. I'm wondering if I'm going the right direction to take grow bags. I have to keep them in that same area and just set them on top of the soil. And then I use drip hoses that are on a timer. If I could put that bag in a tray that maybe had some gravel in it, just set it in there and then run the drip hose over it and onto the rest of my garden, am I on the right path? I think, uh, well, you're definitely on the right path as far as uh, alleviating the potential for late and early blight on tomatoes. So um, tomato diseases, septoria leaf spot, late and early blight, those are the big three that we see in Minnesota. And... Any plant that's in, plants that are in the same family, so in the tomatoes, it's tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, tomatillos, eggplant, they're all in the Solanaceae family or the nightshade family. All of those plants are susceptible to similar diseases. And so you want to rotate those plants. You want to move them around your garden. It's, and it's really hard when you have a raised bed. And so if you plant the same family of plants over and over in the same bed, and you see that disease every year, it's because you're essentially, think of it as you're feeding the pathogens that, that lie in the soil. Those, uh, they're, they're being retained, they're being kept in that soil. So you want to rotate your crops. You want to put other plants in those raised beds. So using the garden bag or the plant bag or whatever you want to call it is a great way to put in clean, fresh soil, unused soil, 
and to isolate the plants in those garden bags. And so that way you can uh, plant your tomato in the garden bags. You can then in the, you can dump that soil, you know, in a compost pile and you can start with fresh soil next year. I would even recommend you wash those garden bags in a, like a, a big bucket with, uh, when you're done with them, with uh, bleach and water so that you really make sure you get any pathogens, you kill anything that's in that bag. Then you can use it again next year for your tomatoes again because now you have a clean container. You're going to put in clean soil, clean plants. As far as putting them in a tray and watering them, I, I don't really know if you have to. Uh, uh, those bags are designed to be set on the ground, on a deck, on a patio, and just and just grown that way. So uh, you can kind of, I think as far as the irrigation goes, you can do whatever you want. Okay. A lot of uh, samples of, uh, of plants you don't have to deadhead. Oh, We're getting absolutely. in occasionally. I'll just throw in a few uh, from time to time. Uh, we may have uh, repeated uh, one of uh, impatience, marigolds, uh, salvia, uh, proven winners, million bells, no deadheading, mm-hmm. uh, kind of petunia that I can't recall the name. Texture says doesn't need deadheading. That's, that's uh, yeah, calabrocoa. It's a, that's, that's the million bells. Yeah, and there's another calabrocoa uh, comment, mm-hmm. wave petunias. Uh Here's a text I wanted to grab before we get too far adrift here. They have very dense clay soil. What's the best way to make the soil more workable? I have been, Texter says, amending with compost and peat moss, but someone told me clay already has enough organic matter that I should be adding sand. Ooh, don't add sand. Don't add so, sand. Yeah, adding sand to a heavy clay will make cement. So oh, you don't want to do that. Yes, um, but adding, you're doing exactly the right thing. I think you just have such heavy soil, you have to just keep adding it. Um, I would recommend also that um, that you allow your, you know, if this is a if this is a garden bed, which sounds like it is, to use leaves as leaf mulch, and that leaf mulch will break down, and that will also add organic matter, allow carbon to that uh, to that heavy clay soil. But yeah, working in. Organic matter will help to add lightness to your clay soil and also open it up so that there's better drainage. Okay. Another phone call in. Karen is Great. calling in this morning from Osceola, I do believe. Karen, thank you. What is your question for Julie? Hi, thanks. I enjoy your show so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about rhubarb. Now, this plant was purchased in uh, spring of 2020. It did not get planted until late July of 2020. Would I be able to use some of that this year or do I need to wait longer? I think you could use a little bit of it. And the reason that we stop using it, that we don't use it for a couple years is that we allow the plant to develop and get established in the location all of the leaves, you know, we pick off the leaves, basically. Those leaves are the photosynthesizing uh, part of the plant. So they are pulling in sunshine and light and, you know, water, and they're creating energy and putting that into the root. And the roots of rhubarb are extremely long, very, very long, very dense, thick roots. And that's what you want. Um, so we hold off picking rhubarb early in its life when we've just planted it to give it a chance to get established and to get enough energy down into those, to develop those big root systems. 
So you could pick a few stems. Like if you're going to just make maybe a batch of muffin, you know, rhubarb muffins, you could probably pick enough for that. A cu- I think you need like a cup of chopped rhubarb for that. But I would hold off. I would just kind of keep as much of the leaf tissue as you can. You know, just uh, maybe there's a friend who has rhubarb that you could get rhubarb from them this year. Um, the longer you wait, the stronger the plant is going to be. Okay. How can I, Texter says, efficiently repair the grass beside my walk? Seems like snow melt took it out. Well, repairing grass, uh, regardless of the reason, whether it's snow melt or dog spot or uh, drought like we had last year, is kind of the same. You want to rake out the dead tissue for the most part. You don't have to completely clean it off. But rake out a lot of the excess uh, and then choose a seed a type of seed mix that's a, appropriate for your site. So if it's part shade, if it's sun, if it's shady, um, you want to choose the right kind of seed. I would buy new seed unless you know for a fact that your seed is really fresh. Uh, sometimes we store our seeds kind of, you know, not in the best conditions. And so it's great to start with fresh seed every year. And then uh, you can mix that seed. You can rough up the soil and put the seed down. I like to add a little bit of topsoil with my seed. That was a trick that my husband Carl uh, taught me. And you want to lay that down and then keep it watered. You want a good seed to soil contact. That's the key to good germination. And then also keeping it moist so that that seed doesn't dry out. All right. Very good. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We have a bunch more text. It doesn't dry out. All right. Very good. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We have a bunch more text messages we'd like to impart on here. So hang on, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering your lawn and garden questions here on our Smart Garden Show. Right now in the Twin Cities, we currently have 46 degrees. Yeah, that's cool. High today near 56, but we're going to drop to 40 overnight. How about your Sunday tomorrow? Near 60 for a high with mostly sunny skies. Again, now in CCO, 46 Speaking of Smart Garden, and Smart Gardeners, we have many on this show for sure, a lot of our great listeners, who make many trips to Malmberg's Garden Center. Malmberg's CCO Land Company, you've heard that name for a long time. I can tell you since 1958, Malmberg's been around two locations, in Blaine and in Rogers. And what are you going to find there? Thousands of plants. All locally grown, too, right there in their greenhouses, whether you're in the market for trees or shrubs, uh, annuals or perennials, certainly. And uh, and I mentioned it earlier, too, gardening supplies, many gardening supplies you're going to find there, too. And if you just want some questions answered, expert advice as far as gardening is concerned. And if you're a uh, new gardener, you're going to get some great advice. Uh, they love to help new gardeners get started. As I said, Malmberg's Garden Center has been around since 1958 here in these parts. If you want to check them out online, if you've never been there, you can uh, check out directions and and just find out more about them. Uh, Get on the web at malmbergsinc.com, I-N-C, malmbergsinc.com, but pay them a visit. Malmberg's Garden Center, two locations in Blaine and Rogers.
Good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Long, along with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M, helping you out. And Julie, I think it might be a good idea if we do what we call a lightning round because we have so many text messages. My goodness, I don't think I've seen so many. Um, let's let's do that. Here's one. We have some golden mushroom type fungus growing on the south side of our huge red pine. Should we be worried? Uh, usually fungus indicates some kind of a rot going on. So look around the tree, look for opportunities to prune out any dead branches. Um, if you want to identify it, you can contact the Minnesota Mycological Society. Okay. This texture says we have a south facing garden area used for growing pumpkins and gourds. It's become seriously infected with large thistles. We tried digging, pulling, rounding up with no success. Would black garden cloth kill the roots, which are about 12 inches deep? Yeah, thistle roots are usually 12 to 24 inches deep. Um, I, I, you're, I think you just have to keep doing what you're doing. The garden cloth is not going to help very much. Okay. This uh, listener dug up a three-foot redbud tree, uh, let's see, last Monday, planted it in my garden as soon as I got home. have been watering it every day. It's looking wilty. What to do? Is wilting normal, or have I adopted the poor little tree and moved it too far from home? <laughs> um, it is going through transplant stress, so keep watering it. Visit our Water Wisely webpage for watering newly planted trees. Weed or seed the lawn at this time in Minnesota? Yes. As long as uh, don't put down pre-emergent, though, if you're seeding. That's pre-emergent uh, will uh, prevent the seeds from germinating. But yes, uh, what's you can e- be seeding now. Okay. Uh, what is the easiest way to start milkweed? Uh, milkweed. Boy, there's a lot of good instructions on the web uh, for starting milkweed seeds. And I would say take a look at those. I'm not sure if it needs a cold period, meaning that you would have seeded it in the fall and let it go through the winter. But take a look at that. There's great stuff on Xerxes Society, a lot of the pollinator websites. Julie, this listener put a weed and feed product down about a month ago, and they want to know, can I put grass seed down now? Uh, You'll have to look at your product. If your product is a pre-emergent in it, uh, you cannot seed at this point. You're going to have to wait and seed in the fall, which is actually the better time to seed. My 17-year-old apple tree produced normally last year, but now is totally dead. Where do I begin to try and figure out why? Oh, boy. Um, It's probably suffered from the drought stress. Um, If it's completely dead, I would say I'd cut your losses and take it out and put in a new tree at this point. Um, There's not much to do if it's completely dead. You can try to find out. You could send a sample to our plant disease clinic if you want to, but at this point it's not live tissue, so they're not going to be able to tell you anything. Sure. This listener received a hyacinth as a gift for Easter. It is now dying back. I have heard I can plant it outside. Is that true? Uh, That is a forced bulb. So forced bulbs use a lot of their bulb energy to bloom, and they're kind of forced into blooming. So we don't usually recommend uh, spending a lot of time on forced bulbs, though some people do plant them, and after a few years the the plant might, might bloom. You can try it if you want. Um, I would usually just, uh, in the fall, buy some fresh bulbs and plant some hyacinth outside. My trillions, is that what it says? Trilliums. Trilliums, trilliums, okay. Are well, (laughs) well, you know, the spell check. Uh, Are well established and blooming now. Can I divide them and when? 
Um, boy, I would not divide them now. Um, I think you want to divide those before they come up in the spring. So you might want to wait till next spring. And when you start to see the, the uh, plants coming up, then I think you divide them at that point. Boston Ivy question. It's 50 years old. Wow. Uh, my wall gets very bushy in the year. Should I cut it down in the fall or what's the way to keep it going? Sounds like it's going just fine. Yeah. I think just pruning it. Uh, if you like it on the wall, um, Boston Ivy has these little kind of suction cups. And if you pull it off the wall, which you might have already found, you'll leave these suction cups behind. A lot of people don't like that. So most people just kind of shear it. Just take a shear, you know, a hedge trimmer kind of thing and just prune off parts away from windows and doors, etc. Uh, I was, uh, this is kind of a long one here. Uh, there's no way we can get this done. As far as growing tomatoes, is there, uh, you know, if you get on the university website, is there, mm-hmm. is there information about yeah. growing tomatoes? Oh my gosh. It's such a popular subject. So under our, uh, vegetable section, we have vegetables A to Z on extension.umn.edu. Go to yard and garden and vegetables, go to vegetables A to Z. And there's a tomatoes page right there. I'll give you all, everything you need to know. And I know we just have about a minute or two to go. Uh, what about, uh, we didn't mention um, getting soil samples done. You can do that too, right? Right. Yes, you can still submit soil samples. You can submit them any time of the year. Uh, and it is about, I think, about a two-week wait for results. And they email the results back to you along with explanations of how to understand the results. So, again, get on the U of M website, extension.umn.edu. Get to the Arboretum. Yes, Tell us yes. again, how, to, how, to, how do we get to the Arboretum? How do we? Uh, uh, you want to get a reservation at yeah. arb.umn.edu and, uh, and then uh, come on in. Great time to come. Beautiful stuff. We're out on Highway 5 uh, just west of County Road 41. Excellent. And uh, let's see, I had one more. Qu- oh, yes. we <laughs> More questions about that hand tool. You, oh, uh, the you Korean know. hand hoe. Yeah, Korean hand hoe, it's called. Korean yeah, hand hoe. You can hoe. find it online. Yeah. Okay. Or at a gar- I don't think they're at the garden center. I've never seen them at a garden center, but I haven't really looked. So You know, if you were at the state fair right now behind that counter with your little <laughs> microphone headpiece, you could probably sell a ton of them. <laughs> I can hey, picture second sideline job. Absolutely. It's a great Think tool. It. It's a great Julie, tool. Julie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much Thanks, for, for the help, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. All right. That's Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. Now, get those home improvement questions ready. That's uh, coming along next hour. Andy Lindis will be answering those questions on the Lindis Hour here. 46 degrees in the Twin Cities on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.